0: That was good singing. Thank you, King. Tremendous truth that we've been singing this morning. You have your Bibles. Turn with me to Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. We're going to be looking there the first sixteen verses. The Apostle Paul's life, Paul's secret of success. Philippians three in verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, for to me to write the same things to you is not grievous or tedious, but for you to say. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in flesh. Anyone else thinks he may have more confidence in the flesh? I more so. Circumcised, yea, they of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. And indeed I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ and righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him power of his resurrection, the fellowship of is being conformed to his death, if by any means I might obtain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or have already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. One thing I do forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus.
1: Therefore, let
0: us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Lord, we ask you would bless the scripture read together. Challenge our hearts, Lord, that we would be of the same mind in Christ. We invite your presence. Thank you for how you have already blessed our hearts through the beautiful singing and music. Lord, we pray you guide us now. Give us the words that we need to hear. May, Lord, you speak through us only those things that are pertinent to your word, challenge each of us, that Lord, we would be giving you our all, our best. We would love you with all our hearts. But Lord, we would not just be playing religion, but we would be serious about what we do. We would see a and harvest field around us. Here in the fall season, we see the crops that are just waiting to be harvested. Lord, may we see souls that need Jesus. Help us, Lord, that we would shine as bright lights in this dark world. We do rejoice, Lord, that you're a God that hears and answers prayer. We rejoice that Pastor Brunson is released, and I pray your blessings rest upon him and his family. And, Lord, may we each one, again, be challenged to keep praying for those needs in our lives and those of our family and friends, relatives, Lord, that we would be holding on and knowing that God hears every prayer. And we pray today for those that are not here with us. I thought of Roosh uh, and then Wilma, uh, the Brants. Lord, there's so many that need your help today. Oh, would you be with them. Touch Fran today. Lord, we just pray that you challenge us together to pray one for another. We're all getting older, and life is bringing some surprises along the way. But Lord, our eyes are new. We know, Lord, as we press forward toward the mark, as Paul did here, Lord, someday we'll cross that finish line victorious. So have your way this morning. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. As everyone said, amen. 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 I don't know about you, but I enjoy reading the scriptures and studying the life of the Apostle Paul. Would you agree with me that he had a colorful life? Amen had a lot of experiences, some I'm sure that we wouldn't want to go through, but uh, down to the very end, he was a success. It's not so much how one starts out, but it's how they finish up. Even knowing that Paul did not leave any money for hospitals and schools and orphanages, but at his death, Scripture tells us he died at the hand of Nero, after spending months in prison, but he was still a success. His preaching caused kings to tremble, and it still challenges common folk to rejoice. For from his pen, as we know, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, the writings that we have, uh, there's words there to instruct us in how to follow in righteousness. So in our scripture lesson before us, we see the life of Paul, that indeed, his testimony and motivation was for a life well lived. He shares three basic reasons for his success, which all assure success for any one of us here today. So let's begin. This one thing I do. Can you sense the passion in those words and coming from the life of Paul when he said that he... He had to keep Christ foremost. And what God was calling for him to do, he did it with a zeal, and a passion. Everything else fell in line behind this driving desire to please God. And so we can call Paul the man of the undivided interest. He did many things, but he kept God on number one. This consuming passion in certain characteristics. That was a characteristic of his life down through the generations of time. Now, we know that Jesus is still our best example. But didn't he also say, I'm here to do my Father's will? Nothing would deter him from that. That was his main driving purpose. He was guiding star to be steadfast and kept on course. He didn't allow family, friends, disciples, or even the devil himself to keep him from going his Father's will. We've heard of those who were totally uh, consumed by passion and goal, such as the man of Thomas Edison. He was that type of person. He's so dedicated and consumed in his work that history tells us. Sometimes he was so busy, he didn't even know others were around him. In order to achieve success, he began working early in the morning, off until late at night, during his experiment. When failure came, he just kept at it, trying something else. Until the day came that failure turned into success. I'm pretty delightful. Don't you enjoy that today? You know, we sort of take it for granted until all of a sudden the power is out. Then we scramble for candles and flashlights and the like. But we should say thank you, Mr. Edison, for all of your hard work. It came in 1879. It's been around a long time. It said that the person who never makes mistakes is the one who does nothing. Thomas Edison had another friend. His name was Henry Ford. Have you ever hear that name? Well, Henry Ford had one consuming passion, and that fact did not deter him, uh, even though many people discouraged him, criticized him, said mean things to him. You know, every generation is afraid of change and progress. Some people even told Henry Ford that if God wanted us to drive in a car, he made one. He created the horse. We don't need a car. Some actually believe that he was defying God by, by trying to invent a horseless carriage. we talk about the car today. But Henry Ford knew that what he desired to do, he was not satisfied until he could accomplish it. By the way, did you appreciate the car you rode in coming to church today? thought comes to my mind, these people that criticized him, how long did they wait to have a ride in a car and then I can't answer that. Well, the Apostle Paul, he accepted his family and friends, and he knew they had their place. He did not put them ahead of his passion. The business of tent making with all this demands could not force itself up to the front. It was all a means to what God had called him. A means to an end. Everything had to fall behind that heartfelt calling. Is God going to call him in your heart today? Self with his demands had to be denied. Sanctified by the blessed Holy Spirit. And he needed self-discipline. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. Therefore, I do not run like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And then over in Acts 20, verse 24, he further says, However, I consider my work, my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race, complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I'm sure he'd the words that we read there in James 1, verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Just as a drunk man their physical balance is out of whack and distorted by alcohol. So is the spiritual uh, balance distorted by divided interests. One has a mind to serve the Lord, but also a mind to serve self. They're unstable. Maybe this explains why there's so many that are indecisive in the church today. And it's hindering the church for moving ahead in victory. Are there too many Christians wanting to serve God in one hand, but it has to be according to their terms, their way? I say, have they really completely the surrendered their will to God? So often they find themselves in a battle between their stubborn will and what God really is. The Apostle Paul. He sounded it all, didn't he? Giving God first place. You know, when you, when you put God first place in your life, you'd be surprised at the little things. God takes care of that. And then when the big things come, you can surrender that and continue to move on in victory. I thank God for personal convictions that he's given each one of us.
1: Oh, there may be
0: times somebody might criticize you and say, why can not you do this? Everyone's doing it. Never mind them. Just obey the Lord and walk in the light he's given to you. He knows what each one of us needs. And he wants us to walk close to him. We need to say with Paul, this one thing I do, and then do it. Do it. Stand where God has put you. don't forget to love others who may not be standing exactly where you are. They also are responsible to God for what he tells them. So moving on, forgetting the past. Surely if anyone wanted to forget their past, I think Paul did. He had a, a rough time in life, persecuted even to death, beat and stoned. He loved the church though, and he encouraged them. No wonder though that Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. He realized what God had done in his life. So if you had trouble with your past, remember, so did Paul. Or do what Paul did, forget it. Let it under the blood. And leave it there. He realized that he could never press forward unless he forgot what was behind him. He couldn't live in the past. He had to forget those past sins and wonders and hurts in his life. He was sure that God had put his sin as far as the east is from the west. That's pretty far. He was perfectly happy to leave them and not live to remorse. I think that's what he says here in Romans 1, 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. To them we're cheering, Christ Jesus, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know the devil can get us to live in remorse over past sins. He knows he's going to hinder us from pressing on. Paul was, was uh, letting his money remain in the past. Yes, he had some, and so do we, so do we. I know I've made my share of it. Someone has said, anyone that will do very much will do part of it wrong." So don't be discouraged if you have a mistake now and then. Or it doesn't quite turn out like you'd like. Keep working at it. I'm sure that all of us have experienced those people that like to remind us of our blunders and failures. The Apostle Paul was determined as we must be, not to allow that. Never forget uh, that God is with us. And so we leave that in his hands and his care. I'm sure it hurt Paul when Demas left him for the present world. He loved that more than he did Jesus. I'm sure that Paul was hurt when Alexander the coppersmith did him much evil. But despite all of this, Paul was willing to let God take control of. And he knew that he could not allow hurts in his life to possess him. What about us today? What about you? Do you have hurts that, that seem to hold on to you, all let go? You know, hurts only pester and get worse because with the tendency wanting to nurse them along. We've all had hurts. Every one of us here. Such as false accusations and mistruths. You know, I heard a preach one time that a fellow said he was too busy to track down, track down everything and make everything right. That's where we just say, Lord, you take care of that, and He will. He'll vindicate you and he put it under the blood. Well, thirdly, and last, I'm pressing on toward the goal. How about you? I am a little bit weak. How about you? That's better. Yes. I wonder if Paul was picturing in his mind a Greek race uh, that he may have attended. It's like he was saying, I'm hitting the home stretch, I'm now throwing my all into the race, the finish lines in sight, and not far ahead, so I press on and exert myself, giving every effort to win. How many ever ran a race? Maybe back in high school. You, you know. We had a gym teacher that he insisted that we would take three tracks the whole way around the, the ball field. Now, I was always the first runner coming in. Believe that, I'll tell you another. <laughs> I was one of the last coming in. I was out of breath hardly hard to make it. But I loved those 100-yard dashes that were quick and over. I did my best there. But I think Paul was saying here, he saw these races, he saw what it took to win. He's not divided, he's giving it his all. This one thing I do to win the prize. Friends, the race is nearing the end. It's not a time to look back at past sins or failures or anything negative. And you should never look back to see how the other runners are going because that's when you're going to lose the race. Keep your eyes on the goal that marks the end of the race. Don't break stride, just keep going. Putting our last ounce of energy into the race. It's like putting each step forward, taking us farther away from those past failures as we near the end best is not behind us. It's ahead of us. Praise the Lord. A painter was asked one time, which of his paintings would he consider to be the, his best achievement? His answer surprised the quite today. He said, the next one. The next one. Paul never looked back as he crossed the finished line. 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8 he says some classic words. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who are longing for his appearance. That, that includes us today, right? every one of us. Nowhere do we sense that Paul was in the race with just a casual stroll. No, it was a real-life battle that demands the very best that he can give. Paul could report, I have finished my course. I have crossed the finish line. Oh, I look forward to that day, don't you? <laughs> we walk through the gates of heaven The old devil's behind us, and all eternity is ahead of us. Wow. You think I'm noisy now? You just wait. (laughs) I'm going to be excited that day. So Paul, he didn't make a good start and then drop out. he? He didn't run well for just a while and then become careless and begin looking around. He didn't break stride by looking back to see how far he's come. He succeeded. He succeeded. He started out and completed his race at the finish line. He was confident that the righteous judge had a proper reward for the one that won the race. And he knew there was a crown waiting for all who run successfully. Friends, let me say to you today, your desire to make the city. Keep your eyes focused on the finish line that tape. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by the devil and all his influences because he wants to trip you up so that you stumble and fall. breaking stride. He doesn't want you to finish well. But oh, let's encourage each other. Press on. Keep working towards the finish. Some good have heard that old song, I'm too near home to turn back now. I believe that. Every step we take is one closer to the goal. So let's press on. Take the hands of those around you and encourage them. Maybe even pick someone up who's slipped and fallen. We cannot let up. Even when we get tired. And yes, sometimes we're getting tired. Because there's plenty of time to rest when we get home. Home of Jesus. And all the righteous. And all eternity. All the ages to come. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The worship team is